Welcome to Uphill Conversations, your ride-along partners for your emerging future. Everything in life worth having is uphill. You can't go uphill with downhill habits. It's time for another show. Are you ready to be inspired? Well, hello, and welcome to another episode of Uphill Conversations. I'm your host, Tim, and I'm so glad you can join me today as you are living your life and heading toward your emerging future. Hopefully, you are eliminating any downhill habits and canceling out all agreements with limiting beliefs. And yes, it is true. You can be more, do more, and have more. Welcome to episode number 103, and I'm glad to be here with you in your ears today. Um, I don't know where you are in the great big world, but uh, where we are, we had the um, the effects, dealing with the effects of Hurricane Florence. So lots of rain, lots of wind where we are, but um, I feel for the people in North Carolina, it's been a tough go for some of those folks. I mean, it's the, the state has been um, flooded and lots of storm surge and things like that. So thoughts and prayers go out to all of them. And I hope uh, wherever you are, you are safe, you are well, and you um, are just enjoying your life. Would love to connect with you. You can do so with me on Instagram at Uphill Convo or my personal Instagram at Pecoraro Tim. Or you can connect with me in the world of what I do as a coach. Um, That's at Uphill Strategies. Feel free to go to my website, uphillconversations.co. If you think you would like to be a guest on the show, please uh, click on the button there to be a guest and fill out that information and send it over to me. And um, would love to look it over and uh, get you on if it's a good fit. And if you would like to recommend someone to come on the show, please do not hesitate. Fill that out for them. Send it over to me and I'll reach out to them um, if it's a good fit and we'll get them on the show. Um, so anyways, great things have been happening. Lots of wonderful things in my world. I've been enjoying my gazelle planner. And once again, this is a non monetized, um, shout out and promotion of something that I truly believe in, which is living into your day, organizing your life. And, um, there's to me, this is, this has become my favorite planner and I stand by it a hundred percent wholeheartedly comes in two colors, black or teal blue. And if you go to Amazon.com, look up the Gazelle Planner. Um, Kathy Fothery, the creator of the Gazelle Planner, um, has given me my own promo code for this. So when you check out, you choose your planner, you check out, and in the promotion code spot, you put in going uphill, all one word, and it's not case sensitive, and you receive a discount right at checkout. It's a great deal, great value, incredible planner. I highly recommend those of you that are looking for something that's affordable but exceptional, um, great quality, check out the Gazelle Planner, and um, I believe you'll love it. I just got one for my son. He's freshman in college, and he was like, you know, he's a big digital person. He was like, Papa, you know, hey, you're using that planner, and I think a planner would work for me, because at first he was like, no, I just need my phone and my, and all of that, and it's fine, but now that he's in college, and he's about to start his first business um, with what he's going to do while he's in school, and he wanted a planner, so got him one, and so excited to see him um, starting young at 18, getting himself um, to where he can actually create his master list of things to do, vision board, project plan, live into his day. Good stuff. Really, really good stuff. But episode 103, this guest today, Tracy Lit Lester, she has the Lit Factor. Um, Really incredible guest. We had a great time talking. We jumped right into it and we got into just some the nitty gritty and good stuff. Um, Tracy Litt is a certified mindset coach, rapid transformational therapist, hypnotherapy, and awe-inspiring speaker. Tracy's dead-on insights coupled with her direct loving and light delivery has helped countless people transform their lives from the inside out. She's the founder of The Lit Factor, a personal growth and coaching company. She reaches people through private coaching, group programs, immersive workshops, courses, and speaking. 
Tracy believes that through claiming your personal power, mastering your human technology, nurturing your soul, and cultivating an unconditional, radically loving relationship with yourself, you can consistently feel, be, do, and create anything you desire in life and business. Her story is amazing. And she shares uh, some of her story and what she went through. And I believe you'll really enjoy this. And one of the most powerful things that we really got into is you are not your mind and you can be yourself. You don't have to be a victim, but you, but you, and you also must feel your feelings. And, and we just get into some great stuff. So I'm going to let the conversation speak for itself. I'm so glad you can listen into this. I think it'll be well worth the while for you. So without any further delay, let's jump into this conversation with today's guest, Tracy Lit Lester. Welcome to the show, Tracy. I'm so glad um, to have you on. And you and I just had an amazing just chat, a pre-chat, and um, man, I can't wait for the folks to get to know more about you, but welcome. How about telling everyone about yourself and how you are currently showing up in the world? Oh, hello. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I so thoroughly enjoyed the hangout time we had, um, and I'm really grateful to be here. So I'm Tracy, and uh, oh, what a great broad question also. How am I showing up in the world? Well, I'm showing up in the world unapologetically me every single day which is kind of one of the under understones of what I do with all of the beautiful humans that I get to serve and love and, you know, call bullshit on a lot of the time too, is what I do. So uh, right now I am a mindset coach. I'm a rapid transformational therapist. I'm a speaker and founder of the lit factor, which is my personal growth and coaching company. And I am here to remind you what you're capable of. I'm here to teach you how to run the thing in between your ears which is really just your human technology and not the thing that you think is running your life. And I'm here to show you what it means to actually love yourself unconditionally, fully and deeply because everything in your life comes out of you. Well, there is no uh, questioning. <laughs> if that's clear, that is very clear. And um, I love being the mindset thing and you have some rich experience with this. And you don't just say that lightly because there's too many people, as we talked about trends and other things that people do, it's like trendy. It's trendy to be a coach. You know, I mean, it's kind of like, Hey, you want to marry somebody you can go online and, you know, get some sort of paperwork done. And all of a sudden right. you're ordained, right? <laughs> so it's like, yes. you know, I mean, there's a lot of that crap going on in the world. And my big thing is, is, you know, it's, are you really invested and do you really care about people? That's one big question I have. And then the other one is, is do you care about yourself before you can actually care about people? Because you can't give what you don't have, right? And you need your own evidence. You need your own evidence, not just theories. Theories are great, but evidence is better. I can't convict someone. If I was a, a prosecutor, I can't convict you on a theory. I have to convict you on what? Evidence, right? So mm -hmm. in your case, you have evidence and why don't you share your story? Because at 24, you lost your mom. And, mm -hmm. and of course, you know, I say that very compassionately. And that was an experience for you. But then you also went through a life change with marriage. Then you remarried and you have a blended family. That's more change. And not even to mention all the other things that were going on. All this stuff was happening. Your feelings are trying to tell your mind what to do. Your mind is trying to work with your feelings. And then you have this spirit, this soul that you have, that's trying to choose which one to believe. <laughs> right. So yes. can you, can you walk through what this mindset coach means and how did you collect this evidence to realize that you can take it and present it to others? Mm, thank you. That was so rich. And I always love hearing my story back to me. It's just so reflective and interesting um, you know, mindset coach, what does mindset coach mean? It's to me, it is your ability to understand that you are not your mind and how to think on purpose to feel what you desire to feel, be who you want to be and go through an experience in a way that actually serves you to continue to be your higher self, which we could talk more about later. But in my story, uh, what I ultimately realized was 
I could either be a victim of the circumstance, right? I mean, 24, losing my mother and my mother was the most incredible woman. She was a spiritual healer. I learned a a tremendous amount from her and being raised by her was a true gift. Um, And then to, you know, be 28 years old as a single mother with an eight month old, I'll never forget this particular night. Uh, My daughter was crying in her crib. It was one of those, oh my God, is she ever going to stop kind of cries. (laughs) (laughs) And if you're a parent, then you so get me right now. And I decided that I just couldn't listen anymore. So I went in the garage where I couldn't hear the monitor and I sat down on the garage floor. This makes me cry now. And I just lost it. I snot bubble, hysterical fetal position. And which is another key thing, everyone, you must feel your feelings. Okay. It's Mm -hmm. non-negotiable. And um, I felt my feelings. And in that moment laying there, it was like my higher self voice was like, listen up, Trey. You can either be a victim of your shit or you can choose and stand up and be a warrior, right? Right. And continuously use your power of choice to realize that if you focus on the bad, you will feel that way, right? And if you get sucked up in the story and the drama, then you will fall prey and live into that. And instead... I was always choosing choice. I was always just saying, wait, I can respond instead of react. I can say, yeah, I'm going to make this choice and do something completely differently because it's an option. It's a choice. We don't, we don't have to be victims of our lives. We don't realize that up until maybe you hear a podcast like this or you start to work with someone. But that's the truth. You either are imprisoned or you are empowered. And I mm. chose empowered. Mm. Wow. And in in that process, as you chose that, what were some of the first things that you knew you had to do? I know you you already mentioned them, like, you know, stand up and be a warrior. What are some of those things? And this is beyond those of you listening. This is not just anecdotal statements. These are like real things that you have to do. So what are some of the things that you did, you know, in that process to really say, these are the things because you haven't done them, right? You've d- maybe done them in different ways, but you never had this experience before. This was all brand new. Like you didn't mm-hmm. say to yourself, oh, I'm going to lose my mom. And oh, I'm mm-hmm. going to go through a breakup of a relationship. Oh, I'm going to have an eight month and be by my eight month old and be by myself. Oh, I'm going to mm-hmm. listen to a baby monitor that's making my brain feel like it's going to explode. Like you didn't have all of that to prep you for it. So in mm-hmm. other words, and life didn't come and ask you for permission to do it, did it? No, right? no, no. So what, well, what were some of those first things? I'll tell you the first most critical thing. I never argued with reality. So what I mean by that is my mother was gone. So I didn't sit there and woe is me and why and oh my God, and how could this have happened? And is this real? And is this not? Because it's reality. And when we argue with reality, we're choosing to drive ourselves crazy and feel bad. Like it's it's one of those things. This is a fundamental thing, right? It's understanding that, okay, I am a single mother with an eight month old. I need to not argue with that reality either, Mm. right? And make that choice. That's probably one of the most critical things. And then after making that choice is, yes, I am accepting the isness, so to speak, which is what is. This is what is, right? Mm. I accept that it's truth. It doesn't mean I condone or love it. That's not the point, but I accept it and I'm not going to argue against it because I'm not interested in driving myself. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. It makes sense. And in that acceptance, what a lot of people do is they're they're in a search for confidence. They're looking for self-confidence. Like if I just, you know, I feel like if I could just have the confidence, right? Or if I could just get someone, if I can get enough people to tell me I can, I can. But I think the first step is doing exactly what you said is self-acceptance. Self-acceptance will lead you to self-confidence. So what was mm-hmm. that process like for you in the self-acceptance and then eventually seeing the baton of self-confidence handed to you to run the next leg of that race? Mm. It was really all feeling. It was all feeling. You know, when I really, really realized and made the choice, and I'm going to keep using the word choice because that is the fundamental and that's what, that's who I am. It's what I live and it's the only way actually. Uh, to do anything. It was a choice. And in that choice, immediately, you mentioned the word evidence before. The evidence I got back to me was, 
okay, now I feel better, <laughs> right? So it was the choice, which then drove the evidence of continuously feeling better, right? And, mm. and feeling good in my body and not feeling filled with resistance, mm. which actually then before even the confidence to take different actions set in, there was a, in, there was a, a meantime where I fell in love with fear. Wow. Because, yeah, it, and it's also like, if I'm going to say what are the critical things, right? It's that acceptance and not arguing with reality. And then I fell in love with fear. And you mentioned it before. There was all these firsts. I never did these things before. Like, I didn't know these things were happening, nor did I plan for any of them. And I was living and spinning in a world of unknown. Wow. And when we are in unknown and unfamiliar, our subconscious freaks out and fear shows up every single time. So I fell in love with fear. Wow. And <laughs> a lot of people are going, what? You know, yeah. and, and I love to bring to the surface, how did you, you know, because I tell people there's two types of fear. There's appropriate fear and there's inappropriate fear, but they're both fear. And your mind, your brain doesn't know how to tell the difference between, you know, fantasy and reality. It really doesn't. Mm -hmm. You know, so I can wake up from a dream and really think it happened and take a minute to collect my faculties and make sure, wait, oh, okay, well, I was just dreaming, but I feel all the effects in my body. I feel all of it. I feel the mm -hmm. sensation. I could have goosebumps. I could have, my heart could be racing. All of those things are real because my brain is working with something subconsciously. It could be a con it could be a conscious event that happened that I maybe pushed aside that when I finally closed and shut my mind down, my brain's still working on it. It's still crunching numbers. It's still working. And it's saying, okay, so then it gets introduced into my dream. And then all of a sudden it can go away that I don't want it to go. Now I believe that's that can be very prophetic too. It could be trying to bring something to your attention like a check engine light or a low tire pressure light or your engine light, you know, or your oil light. You know, or your battery mm -hmm. light. Something is coming on to tell you something. So yeah. the inappropriate versus appropriate fear. In falling mm -hmm. in love, how did you, you know, begin to understand and recognize this is inappropriate fear? In other words, yes. you know, if, if I were to say to you, hey, Tracy, let's go. You're in Florida, right? You're in sunny Florida. And then you and I, you say, Tim, let's go to the beach. You know, we're doing a conference or something. And you say, let's go to the beach. And we go to the beach and we walk up on onto the, the dune area there. And we're about to make the crest to go down the hill and get on the water. But we're standing up there. And all of a sudden we look out and we see 25 shark fins. And then all of a sudden I take off to your car or my car or whatever we're in and I jump in it and I lock the doors and you come over knocking on the window, Tim, what are you doing? Well, there's sharks in the water. I'm afraid, right? Well, mm -hmm. why am I carrying on like that when I'm not in danger? Now, okay, so now if we're in the water though, <laughs> right? That's a different danger. That's I mean we're we're that's a different fear because we're really in danger. So how did you begin yeah. to discern the two and work with those two? What's appropriate? What's inappropriate? Great question. And I tell you, I will give you extreme clarity. There's two different fears. There's danger and there's fear. So I won't even use the word fear for things that are danger related, quote appropriate. Like, uh, don't go down that dark alley by myself. I feel that fear. Yes. Good choice because that's danger, right? right? Don't touch the stove. It's hot danger standing on the ocean front about to go in in our wetsuits looking at shark fins we are in imminent danger right right that's danger so that's really and the way that i coach and teach it also is that because fear is such a mainstay of being human okay um, so we have to first draw this distinction. When we speak about fear, we are not speaking about danger. We are not speaking about your ability to discern a situation that might kill you literally, right? Or put you in harm's way. So then we can table that part. Hmm. And when you talk about fear and the part that I fell in love with, and this is an underbelly of all the work, right? Is the first thing to know is fear is biological. Fearlessness is not a thing. Mm. So what? Okay. I need everyone to just be with me right now. Fearlessness is a myth. You will never be fearless. It's not even aspirate in an aspiration worth having because as a human, biologically, fear is going to be there like the most dependable dog you've ever had. 
every single time you do something unfamiliar, unknown, or step outside your comfort zone, you can bet on it. Fear is coming right there. Wow. That's strong. And I love that statement. Fearlessness is a myth because we love hearing those. That's a fearless individual. No, there's fear there. It's like right. it's like game day jitters. Like, yeah, they're there. Nervousness, queasiness in the stomach. It's you've not played this game before. You've not done this thing before. It's gonna be there. Yes, yes. And I think that talking about I think the word fearless and using it in any space is a real disservice to all of us, you know, especially those of us who haven't done all of this work yet. Because now you're living like, wait a second, why can't I be fearless? Why do I feel this way? And now you're going down the rabbit hole of feeling like shit about yourself against something that's not even real. So how can people treat fear as a value that can help them move instead of a thing that paralyzes them? Oh, I love this conversation and this question. <laughs> so I'm going to actually like teach, I want to teach you something that's really cool. I like to like, you know, help things become an application and not just. A yeah, I love it. Yeah, please do it. Yeah. Um, and the first, the first part before I kind of go into the, this how moment is fear is an indication that you're getting it done. Fear is an indication that you're going after it. Fear is an indication that you are up-leveling. If you are not feeling discomfort, you are not growing. Period. End of story. Right? So then instead of like being afraid that fear is coming around because you're going to feel the fear and then all the stuff that goes along with it, you can shift your paradigm and start walking around with like, oh, there it is. Yes. Okay. Sweet. It means I'm going to finally get visible in my business. I'm going to finally have that critical conversation in my relationship. I'm going to finally ask for that promotion that I know I've deserved for two years. Right? Right. So it becomes an indication of your own growth. Mm. Ah! No, that's, 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 that's on the money. I love that. And so basically, um, fear is a, a crucial ingredient for what you're cooking. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like, if you're going to, it's like the oven, let's say if you're baking brownies and you're talking about ingredients, it's like the oven, it's the container. Yeah. You can't actually do anything without it, which is why. And now I'll tell you kind of, so what's this, how, right? So how do you take fear from something that's in opposition of you, right? Something that's sitting across the table and instead make the choices to fall in love with it and bring it to sit at the same side of the table as you and use its energy for good. Mm. Right? Yeah. So here's what you're going to do. You're going to visualize all of you, right? As we hang out together, you're going to visualize a table. You're sitting at the table, right? And you know what you want. And let's just use business as an example, right? You really want to start to show up, right? And you want to, you want to do a Facebook live, right? Video is a big thing right now. Right. And you're scared. And every time fear shows up, fear sending you messages that are disempowering. Oh, how could you do this? You're not good enough to do that. You're not going to be able to do well. Who's going to watch you anyway? And all of that total bullshit that is not true. So what you're going to do is you're going to see fear across from you and you're going to reach your arms out and you're going to lift the fear up from the chair that it's sitting in across from you. And you're going to bring it to you. And you're going to bring this fear and you're going to sit it right on your leg, right on your lap, on the chair you're sitting in. Mm. And you're going to look down at this fear and you're going to say, hi, I see you and I love you. Okay. Now let me pause for a second. The second that you bring something into you, you are now taking radical responsibility for that thing. Mm. You have broken the resistance, which actually creates the opposition. When you resist something, it persists more towards you. So now you've broken that. And when you say you love it, your energy and your mind settle, right? This is kind of like a, you're, you're almost mind hacking in a way. Cause you're like, wait a second, I love you. So now it's not this mean, ugly thing that you hate. Now it's this beautiful thing that you love because it's the indication that you're going for it in your life and you're not going to die with a whole bunch of regret. Right. 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 So then you look back down and you go, okay, I love you. And then you acknowledge it. I know why you're here. 
right? I know you think that something bad's going to happen. So you're trying to save me and keep me small, but you don't need to do that because I know things that you don't know Mm. and I'm going to lead. And now I just want you to hang out with me and support me. Mm. And you will be able to soar and do whatever it is you want to do. You know, it's interesting that you brought up even just like, because people just get that imposter coming in, which is, you know, if you're, if you're going to let fear rule like that, and, and in other words, listen to the, the wrong thing fear is saying. Fear is actually there to, I believe, help you find the motivation that you're looking for. Fear is actually there to help you face the biting questions that you've probably been ignoring. Fear is there to be an advocate and a friend. And it's also fear, like you said, those two, and I love the way you put it, like, oh, dark alley, walk down there by myself, danger, right? So you just don't yes. go. You don't You don't go, could I have done it? Could I have walked down that, you know, it's not even, you don't even want it. That's called wisdom. Now, now fear is bringing you toward your wisdom, right? So it's a tool. Mm-hmm. It's there yeah. to help you get better. But even still, you brought up, you know, should I do this Facebook Live thing? And so those of you listening, I'm looking at, Tracy right now, and she's presenting to me. So, so even though you're not going to be able to see her, you're, you're hearing her, but she's presenting with that confidence. She's literally there. And even though she can't see me right now, you know, we did a pre-chat where she could see me, but I turned it off for resource purposes to make sure I could get the best quality for the podcast. But I'm sitting here and I'm looking at her and she's presenting as if I'm sitting there right next to her. She has closed the gap, the gap of this virtual situation and she's like literally just doing it, which is tied to what I believe is that the the deeper part of it is loving yourself. She knows who she is. She knows her message. She knows what she stands for. She knows what she's trying to bring into the world. She knows what she's been through, but she also knows where she wants to go. Is it perfect? Absolutely not. But it's something that is happening. So it's a superpower. And that's one of the things you put on your uphill wall, which I'll share with the audience. But you talked about loving yourself as your superpower and the foundation of everything in life. Living your superpower and how that transcends like everything. Talk about that. That Just talk about that. Yes. I love it. I love it. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Loving yourself is, is your superpower. And the first thing that always comes up for everyone which happens to be the chapter in um, one of the chapters in the book that I'm writing um, is love yourself. What does that actually mean? <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. right? Everybody that's listening right now, come laugh with us because that's what happens right now where it's another thing that's really relevant. And everybody's like, Oh, self care, self love, love yourself. And it sounds really lovely, but what is, what are they talking about? How do I get there? Why is it so important? Right? That's the place that I like to play. Because if you think of it, like, fundamentally, if you think of it as your power cord, that's kind of the metaphor I like to use, right? Because if you aren't in a space where you're loving yourself, which, yes, is a process, and you heal, and you forgive, and you disconnect from the past, and you accept all your shit and all your glory, and you learn how to be self-compassionate, and you understand positive self-talk, and you care for yourself, right? It's why you don't even really need to worry about self-care when you're loving yourself, because when you love yourself, you inherently make choices that are caring for yourself. So you don't need like a, a list of manicures and pedicures and massages because you're already <laughs> making choices. You're already making choices that align with boundaries and prioritizing yourself and all of those elements, right? So in order to do all of the delicious things that this life has available for you, which I'll say this too, everything you want is available to you. You might not believe that, but I'm telling you now it's true and you can start believing that. The only way to access what's available for you, right? The only way to fall in love with fear, to go after the things you want to grow your business, to show up fully as a speaker, to, you know, draw in the love of your life, to be a conscious parent, to having inner peace and calm, doing all of these things. And I'm just like scratching the surface because each one of you gets to define success the way that it feels good to you in every facet of your life, right? Right. You won't actually step up into any of those things unless you love yourself and believe in yourself. That's why loving yourself is a core because belief in oneself is, is the magic pill actually. Right. Right. So 
to love yourself is to say, wait a second, I am so enough. I love myself as I am. And I deserve all these things. So now I'm able to create this vision. And now I want to take this action. And now I want to create this life of my, of my desires. Because I love myself and I deserve it. And then you don't let people shit on you. And you don't talk badly to yourself. And you don't, you're not a people pleaser. And you don't take things personally because you have a confidence. Confidence also, by the way, is an inherent byproduct of truly madly, deeply loving yourself. Hmm. Wow. That's, that's, that is so strong. And I love bringing clarity to it because that is, it's so ambiguous for people. It's so like, it's obscure. What does it mean to love myself? You know, and you're bringing it down to really to the core that, and once again, I'm a, I'm a, a firm believer that I can't give what I don't have. Do you know there's so many people trying to love someone else and they can't love themselves? How in the hell can you do that? There's no way you can do it. There's no possible way. There's no possible way. And let me tell you something else, which I love what you just said. So yeah, you can't love someone else, right? More than you love yourself. And the flip side of that is, is that you cannot actually receive more love from someone than you feel for yourself. So Mm. let me explain that in an example. So let's Mm. say you have, um, you know, a boyfriend or a girlfriend and they love you so hard, right? I mean, God, they, they are just like the mecca of partners. And they tell you every day and they do great things for you. And they're always there for you. This is an amazing person. And they love the shit out of you. If you are limited on your love for yourself, you will always discount, not receive and not let in the amount of love that they're giving you because you have a threshold that you don't allow yourself to get past. Most people walk into a room and the first thought they have is, do they like my outfit? Do they like the way I look? Will they talk to me? Do they think I'm stupid? If I say that, can I engage in this car? All these thoughts. And I'm thinking, wait a second, you are what's missing and necessary in this equation. Therefore, be in the room, be in the grocery store, be in the theater, be in Target, be wherever you are and be there because you are what's missing and necessary at this divine appointment in the universe at this moment. Be you. Do not disrupt the things that are happening around you by you coming in and giving your power somewhere else. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. And I love that you use the word giving your power because I will say, well, I'll say two things about that because it's true. And what I want everyone to another little quick, like tool. So you can start to put this stuff into action because in the beginning of our time together, you know, Tim, you said evidence. When you gain evidence, things change, right? Which is exactly true. So when you are in a space like that and you're having that take it personally thing, what I want you to bring awareness to what you're actually doing is I want you to pretend in your hand is like a, a ball, your favorite color. My favorite color is purple. So my ball is purple and it's got me in it. It's all my energy, right? It's all my energy. And when I I'm wondering what people think, or when I take something personally, I literally am walking up to that person and I'm handing them, I'm extending them my energy. And I go here, here, your opinion of me is more important than my opinion of me. So go ahead, take my energy. Right. Right. If you think of it like that, you wouldn't do it. You'd be like, what? This sounds insane. No, totally. That's what we're doing when we step into that space. And when you are in that, you know, you enter a space Um, The irony of our wonder about what people are thinking and, you know, they like my outfit or all that. Everyone's thinking that there's something in psychology known as the spotlight effect. Right. Which is right. Everyone thinks the spotlight is on them and everyone's so concerned that everybody else is looking at them. But the truth is that the other 55 people in the room are having the same exact thoughts about themselves. Nobody cares. Nobody's looking at you. Nobody. Right. Right. Except you thinking, you bringing your own magnification to it because you think that people are looking at you, but they're just doing the same shit. Right, right. And and what people are doing when they're when they're it's so funny because, you know, I, I did this to someone before and they didn't appreciate this, but I'm sure you'll laugh. But yeah. 
There was a person that literally was like, everything they did, all of their, they never said this, like, pay attention to me, look at me, you know, hear me, you know, talk to me, none of that stuff. But all of the way that they interacted with people around them, it was without words, their behavior demonstrated that. Mm -hmm. And so here's what I said to them one day. They were like, what do you think is wrong? And I said, well, how about this? How about you, you tell me a little deeper into the question, like, give me examples about this, you know, wrong thing. Like, what do I think is wrong? But go ahead and ask me or give me situations. Tell me stories or things that you're engaging where you feel what is wrong is applying to. And while you do that, I'm going to walk around you. And so I was walking around them while they were doing this. And they go, wait a second, why are you walking around me? I said, well, because I want you to feel the effect that I think you're giving off is that you're the center of the universe and everyone else should be revolving around you. Mm. And they were, and they were like, but that's not what I want. I said, right. And if that's not what you want, then you need to put yourself in check with it and understand what you're giving off because that's what you're telling me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's a choice that that person is making and probably serving them to live into whatever story they're in. Right. It's that inner monologue. It's the story they tell themselves that they always tell themselves that they believe about themselves, but then they say that they don't believe that because they think that they believe something else. But yet it's the thing that they keep doing because they let the power of subconscious and auto suggestion just work its own way. Yeah, absolutely. Which means you have to do a lot of great, wonderful, deep down subconscious work. Because if you haven't reprogrammed, there is no world where autopilot works towards building your future. It sure doesn't. It'll it, autopilot is good for when you take a break and you put stuff into it, you know, into the computer, your brain that is actually mm-hmm. going to guide you still toward the destination that you programmed. I mean, could you imagine a pilot getting on an airplane and just typing in random coordinates, even though right. he, even though he's flying from Atlanta to you know Washington, Spokane, Washington, yep. or something, like, mm-hmm. and he just puts it. Next thing you know, you're like you're in South America. You know, it says, welcome mm-hmm. to Buenos Aires Airport. You know, it's like, wait a second. I thought we were going to Spokane. No, the pilot just put in what he wanted. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Some sub- subconscious thought that he had about going to Buenos Aires right now instead of Spokane. He didn't want to go there. So you just program. Mm-hmm. No, see, that's what you're allowing to happen. You're letting all of the things that are in subconscious. You need to be making the conscious decisions. What are your thoughts? What are your feelings? What are your decisions? Because you're going to take actions. And with those actions, there's going to be an outcome. The question that's still right. remains, regardless of whether it worked or not, do you own mm-hmm. that outcome? That will Absolutely. change the way you make a plan. Is that correct? Yeah. It is correct. And you must do the work of the subconscious in tandem with living consciously and choosing because 95 to 97% of whatever you're doing in your life is being run off you subconsciously is whatever your upbringing was programming, what you learned, what you believed, what happened to you, the meanings you created, the tragedies, the traumas, all of that stuff is in you. So doing the deeper work and getting into your subconscious and understanding your limiting blocks and what those beliefs are. I understand that, you know, there's so much language like this, but there's language like this for a reason because it's real. And until you pull out by the root, what's going on down there, right? you will never be able to outperform it. Hmm. That's really, I love that. You will never be able to outperform it. I mean, that's just yeah. a powerful gripping statement. So where you are today and where you've come from and all of this and all, I mean, obviously it, you have put in a lot of work into understanding it's, it, 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 you didn't have just a shift. You had a total, like you went through rebuilding, reinventing, course correcting, like you, Mm -hmm. there's a lot that you've gone through. So how did this culminate into getting into this area where you are as you know, as a coach and mindset coach, obviously, but the lit factor. So how did that, like, how did you take all of this and say, wow, this is not just an idea because, you know, a lot of people, the idea is everything. Well, I like the Mm -hmm. idea of having this car. I like the idea of buying this house, but they don't think about what all comes with it. I like the idea of marrying this person. They marry the idea of of a person, but they don't marry the person, right? Like that's what Mm -hmm. people do. It's the idea of something. So taking the idea 
merging this information together with the with the truth, as you mentioned before, it is fact. You're dealing with reality. You're not going to just sit here and deal with you know all of this you know smoke and mirror crap. You want real stuff. So how mm-hmm. did this turn into the lit factor? And where did this courage come from for yourself oh, to like bring yeah. it out into the world and say, I'm going to offer it to others? Oh, love that. Thank you so much for that question. Um, so, you know, the whole fall in love with fear thing came much, much in handy um, because I was in my corporate job. It was, it was great. I mean, it was one of those situations where you know, I was a VP of the department you know, money was great. They liked me. I liked them. I did my job great. There was no quote reason, right. To make a huge change at this point, you know, since the the rest of my story, I had, I I met my husband and married to now he's incredible. Um, you know, we merged our families together. You want to test your consciousness, blend a family. I'm just saying that. (laughs) That is, that was harder than childbirth. Okay. Um, And uh, then from there, you know, being in this corporate world, I had a gnawing, like my intuition and my intuition now is insanely on point and I love it every day, Um, but it was starting to build. And I was sitting in this quote career going like, I know I have so much more to give. I know that I was given something that sometimes I can't even accept as mine because so much comes through me, right? I'm like a vehicle for so many things and I need to be doing something bigger with this. And I want to be helping people on a deeper level and a more intimate level and, you know, in a bigger way. And I researched healing modalities I mean, everything and Reiki and therapy and coaching and the whole thing. And then I was like, yep, coaching, that's the thing. Coaching is the thing. That's what I want to do. And even then I sat on it like for almost two years, almost two years, I sat in indecision and, you know, like, oh, but all the shit came up because even though you do this work, let me say this too, you're never done. Okay. You're never done. Every single time something new comes to the surface, you have to keep doing the mindset work. This is not a destination. It is a journey moment to moment, every day, all day. You need to be your own observer and help yourself through whatever's going on. Right. So, right. I had picked the coaching school and I still did nothing. <laughs> and then I was um, away with my husband for the weekend. I'm sitting on a balcony overlooking the ocean in Florida. And it was like really late at night and there was no sound. And I'm sitting on the balcony by myself and I'm just looking out at the ocean in stillness. And this voice and not like, and yes, I'm, I'm a combo of neuroscience and universal law. So you'll get me to be woo woo and you'll get me to be really data driven. Right. (laughs) So, so this is not like, you know, I saw angels like flying around me. This was just like my voice inside me got louder and it was this intuitive, like Tracy, you have so much to give. People need you. So get out of your own way. Like you don't want to be at the end of your life and look back and not have done this. Hmm. And I literally got up, walked to the computer, sent an email to the the correspondent from the coaching school, said, I'm in, put down more money I'd ever spent on myself on anything, scared the shit out of me, but loved it. right? Right. And that was it. Then I manifested a layoff from my job a few months later, which was beautiful. And then I finished coaching school and I built a website and I just went for it and I never stopped. And now this week is my two year anniversary with the Lit Factor. It's been unbelievable. I've done multiple keynote speeches. I work privately. I have groups. I do Facebook lives all the time. This morning I did shake your ass Friday, which is something that I do every (laughs) week to get you all to lighten up and stop taking your life so seriously, which is another problem. Um, And that was it. And I've never looked back and it's going sky is the limit on this thing. (laughs) I just love that. I mean, I love how you put it all together because that's what I appreciate. It's like, I know a lot of people go, you know, and it's okay for those that are very like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I mean, that's cool. But I love how you string it all together to show you're really good at showing your transition. You're really good at, you know, I love it. You use this term, manifested a layoff. I totally did. 
I, totally I mean, did. I just sit, I'm sitting here and I'm going, that is so awesome because that's what I tell people. People just don't understand this. Okay. Now I'm a, you know, I believe the universe is tied together, but I believe, you know, my, my belief is there's a God. He's a, you know, he's orchestrated creation. I don't force my beliefs on other people, but this is just where I am. And so what I say to them is this, it still doesn't matter. We vibrate, we, we attract things. When we speak, we can either create or destroy. Amen. Right. And I say to people all the time, I'm like, look, you don't understand that you can get what you want. You can manifest anything, even if it is the worst thing for you. You can still do it. The question mm -hmm. is, what are you doing it for? What is the purpose behind it? Where are you trying to go? Are you, you know, if you're really honest with yourself, you've seen yourself manifest bad things. But the thing is, is we will invest more in manifesting the bad stuff that hurts and harms us and others. Then mm -hmm. we focus on the good things that can change everything in our world and let us see fulfillment. And I mm -hmm. love that, but no matter what, it's a manifestation. You will attract right. it. You will bring it to you. If Guess what? If you want to act like an idiot, trust me, the vibration of idiocy will mm -hmm. attract other people that want to manifest idiocy. It's going to happen. It just yeah. happens. It's like you are, you are the, you're the curator of these things. Yes. You, you, no yes. different than a museum than art, you know, that I'm the, I am, I work for, you know, this great museum and I'm the curator. What is my job? I find great work, bring it together to tell a story and, you know, to put together images and, you know, an experience inside this museum that people are going to pay money. I mean, but you're doing that every day. We are curators of things. Yes. We are, we're instigators. We are activators. We are, we're cultivating constantly. We're instigating. We're watering. We're the sunshine for some things. I mean, it, it, even for bad things, we can be the light that lets the weed keep growing. Yes. And that's exactly the point. The first piece of it is, is that I think the word manifestation gets a bad association because people dismiss it as not possible. So I think if we bring it down and we let's talk about it with the word creation, right? So basically that's what manifesting is. You're creating. That's it. So let's just like, you know, take the mystery away from it because there is no mystery. You're constantly in a place where you're creating. And just like you said before, something's either bringing you closer to something or taking you further away from something, whatever it is, that thing that you want. So the scariest part about not accepting and believing and embracing that you're constantly creating Right. Is that you're living in the dark and then you're creating the shit you don't want because you're not willing to admit, oh, shit, I'm responsible. Yeah, it's me. <laughs> right. You're not willing to say, oh, my God, I am. Why? Why? Why does all this stuff keep happening to me? Uh, hello. Because that's the space you're living in. That's what you're creating. That's what you're vibrating at. That's what you're choosing. Those are the words that you're speaking, the thoughts that you're thinking, the beliefs that you're holding, the actions you're taking. It's not a mystery. Not one concept in personal, professional growth and expansion is complex at all. It is all the simplest, almost like, really? It's that simple? Right. Conceptually. All of it. Right. All of it. It's like I tell people, your best thinking got you here. Mm -hmm. And they yes. go, they're like, that's kind of an insult. And I'm like, no, it's not. I just, it's giving, it's actually a, 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 a mark for you. It's a, it's a landmark. So look at what your mm -hmm. best thinking is. And if you don't like your life, <laughs> I want you to go back to the way you're thinking. And if you don't like right. the way you're thinking, then I want you to do more introspection. And introspection coupled with observation will help you get insight for the, and then you can start putting that to work for the outcomes that you will say that you will own, whether they work or not, but you can own it. I yeah, did well, this. I think I did this. You know what I mean? Yeah, Whether it totally. worked or not, I did this. <laughs> yeah. And I think the interesting thing is because, I mean, obviously we could, we could do 12 podcast episodes on thinking. Well, you may we have, have to come back. On, see? Yeah. We'll talk about thinking. You and purpose, I maybe but... need to do a Facebook live together. We would have oh, fun. fun. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. The thing I want to touch on, because I really want it to be of service for everyone who's hanging out with us, use the word introspection and I just want to acknowledge that introspection can be a scary place at first, 
It requires um, a decision of honesty with oneself, right? Brutal, and a real, real Brutal decision, honesty. right? And 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 to really be like, wait a second, I'm not going to bullshit myself right now because we are masters of pulling the sheets over our own eyes. Oh yeah, um, and then blaming you know, somebody else for it. Oh well, yeah, well that's you know one of, one of the first pillars of anything we do when you work with me is we scrub your life down for taking radical personal responsibility mm. because we've got to find every excuse, justification, reason, and rationalization as to why you are not where you want to be, right? Um, but to be introspective, I just want to say be gentle with yourself. This is a moment where you get to love yourself, where you get to say, "Wait a second, I'm growing and I'm choosing to." expand or be different or feel different. And I'm going to reflect and I'm going to reflect not from a place of judgment and, oh my God, look at what I did and all of that garbage, which totally is not necessary. But you do it from a place of like, be a scientist, you know, like be curious and just like, okay, so this is what it was. And this is what I felt. And this was the real motive for why I did that. And this is why I didn't take action on this. And when you eliminate the judgment, you're able to have that rawness and the honesty because essentially guys we're just trying to collect data about ourselves right so that we can ebb and flow and, and make changes off of the feedback we receive guys it's like wine you want red wine you crack it open you take the cork out you let it breathe you know yeah. food they call it rest when you take it out of the oven let it rest. That's breathing. Mm. When, mm -hmm. when Tracy even shared earlier, folks listening, she was on outside and she said she was sitting with silence. That's breathing. That's sacred space in a world that's become flattened. We've just become linear people and we've got to allow ourselves to become more dimensional. We're not mm -hmm. linear. We may have a line from when we're born and when we die and there's all the in-between. But what's beautiful about being born before we die is we have dimension. It's up to us to create that dimension. It's up to us to open up and expand. It's up to us to get deeper. And you know what? Mm. No, every conversation. Listen, I'm having great joy. There's a smile on my face talking to Tracy. And it's not because, oh, you guys are just too serious. No, we're not too serious. It's, it's about the fact that it's, for us, it's of the utmost of importance. It is yeah. the highest thing. It To me, it's the missing jewel of human living is for us to get deeper and really get to the point where we want to see our unmistakable self come out. Where are you? Will the real you please stand up? That's right. Will the real Slim Shady please stand up? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, I, I totally, totally am with you. And the one thing I want to acknowledge for everybody is – this conversation right now about connecting to yourself and creating space for silence and stillness, which really connects right into the introspection. If you're not accustomed to doing it, it's going to be one of those things that is your discomfort zone at first. It's going to be one of those things where fear, right? Fear comes around because you are entering a space your mind has no evidence of you doing before. So your fear is going to come up. So one of the things I find and see the most is, you know, you don't get quiet. You don't get still. You fill your calendar with a ton of shit. You're always busy. You're always going. You're falling asleep to your phone in your face. You're waking up to your phone in your face. And there's never any space. Because as soon as you create space, you start to feel your shit. And you don't want to feel your shit. And I need to beg you to start to feel your shit. Because there is no way to feel better or change yourself or change your life or do anything more than you're doing right now if you don't allow yourself to be human and to feel. Mm. That's, I mean, that's beautiful and so well put. <laughs> I love it. It's direct. It's, it's, it's got compassion. It's got empathy in it. But man, you're making it clear. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Well, listen, and that's one of the things that, you know, I'm, I'm known for, right? Like I will smack you across the face, but it will be the most loving smack you've ever felt in your entire life because I do this work because I actually feel connected and love all of you and you're humans. Like we're all together on this guys. Right. Like, well, if you ever, yeah, if you ever had to go to a doctor, it's called wound care for a reason. 
Because in order to heal you, they have to wound you. Mm -hmm. And then they have to care for the wound. Do you understand what I mean? So everything that you're sharing is wound care. You're wounding them. So you're going to have to wound them. Like, you know, if I had to have, you know, I don't know, like if I have to have my knee, which I do have to have that done. Well, gosh, I'll use myself. So I have to have a major surgery to my knee and they're going to have to wound me to heal me. Mm -hmm. And then after that, there's going to have to be wound care. Then there's going to have to be a process of recovery and strengthening and all those things. But it's a part of it, guys. Don't be afraid. Don't run from it. Yes, it's going to hurt. But I can tell you this. I would rather not. I don't want to suffer in silence. What I want to do is I want to go through pain with people that want to walk with me and deal with it and grow. Because once again, it's what we said earlier, Tracy, when I was talking to you um, in this in our pre-chat was, Pressure is our privilege. And the only way something is going to grow, you put it in the ground and the earth puts pressure on the seed to break the skin in order for it to produce. It's amazing that a blade of grass has no bone in it, but yet it can push itself up through concrete. It Mm. finds a way. (laughs) It comes through Mm -hmm. and it'll, you know what I mean? It's like, there's, it's the only skeletal system it has is the, the veins inside of it, you know, for water. That's it. Mm-hmm. But yet it's persistent. And we folks can be very fragile, but we have a little bit more in us. We have more resilience. We have, we have grit. You know, we do. We have this tenacity. If it's there, mm-hmm. go ahead and embrace it. Be tenacious. And, you know, and, 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 and I want to say this really quick, and I would like you to speak really quick to this before we wrap up. But Tracy, you know, I tell people, you know, you ever see the movie and I read the book, you know, the Scarlet Letter and, you know, the woman mm-hmm. had to wear the A, they stitched it on her clothing. And in the opening of the book, the beauty of this whole book, and I, it, that's where everything begins is there she is standing up on this platform and all, everybody, it's a gloomy day and everyone has these hoods up and there's, they, and there, and it talks about the gray, the gray of these hoods. And, and that represents to me, man's inhumanity to man. But yet, if you watch the movie, which I know they take liberty and, you know, they're a little bit more what they want to do. But when Demi Moore was in that movie and she was walking, she still went to market. She still did all the things that she did, even with the A on her chest. And she would not put, you know, someone else on trial for Mm -hmm. something she was a part of. But yet she wore the letter. My question is, what are you stitching on the garment of yourself. And Tracy, how did you make sure you didn't stitch some sort of letter to mark you as you went to market, as you went out Mm. into the world? Love this question too. And I'm gonna flip this whole concept upside down for everybody. Um, It's never a letter or a label. So how did I not? Because I don't believe in it at all. Because anytime we put something on ourselves, right, we create that limitation. We live into that thing. And the truth about all of us as human beings, now especially confirmed through the advents of technology and neuroscience research and all the mindset stuff we now know and Carol Dweck's work on growth mindset, fixed mindset, all this juiciness, right? is it's never about anything you say followed by that's just the way I am, right? Right. Or that's the way I am, which is your verbal indication of your scarlet letter, right? Anytime you think that, then you are limited to that. The beauty is, is you are whoever you need to be in this moment that is relevant to what you want to feel, what you are trying to do, or what you want to create right now. Hmm. That's right. Yeah. So I, I'll give you a quick and dirty example. I uh, was at spring break with my uh, family last year and my daughters wanted to go parasailing. Right. And they're all, they're all excited. And let me just say two things that I used to believe about myself. Um, I do not like heights at all. And I do not like the ocean winning combos. And you live in Florida. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like when it, like I go to the beach and I spray myself down with a water bottle. Cause I don't want to go in the ocean. Okay. 
So the girls are looking at me and I'm the mom and I'm like, yeah, let's go parasailing. Right. But I'm cool because I'm a mindset coach and I know how to do this. <laughs> so I literally, right. I wrote a whole blog about this. So I started doing the work, right? So like, okay, let's go. I'm like, let's go. So what do I instantly do? I dismiss the thoughts that are like, oh, you don't like the ocean or what? No, no, thank you. No, thank you. What does someone who loves parasailing think? I'm so excited. It takes me to be so awesome. I can't wait to get out there and feel the wind. This is going to be so great. And I keep purposefully thinking on purpose, feeding my mind, feeding my mind, feeding my mind. We get there, we're out. Now we're out in the middle of the ocean where we can't even see the hotel. Like we're literally Titanic style, middle of the ocean. And here it comes again. Starts to creep up a little. I'm like, nope, no thank you. This is going to be amazing. I'm looking at my daughter's faces. I'm putting my focus and attention into their joy and how excited they are. And I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Who do I need to be in this moment that is relevant to what I want to do? What I want to do is have an amazing parasailing experience with my kids. We paid for photos, the whole thing. And I am not going to not do this. So who do I need to be right now? Which means, what do I need to think right now? So that's what I did. And we go up. I was tandem, of course. Now I'm tied to one of my kids. So I can't even silently freak out. So now I'm next to her and she's 10 years old at this point. She looks up at me and she's like, right before they pull us off the back of the boat to go up in the sky. And she goes, I'm really scared. And I was like, oh, hell no. And I just started feeding her, I started feeding her the thoughts. And I was like, babe, it's going to be awesome. We're going to be like birds in the sky. This is going to be the best thing ever. I love parasailing. I'm so excited. And I am telling you, by the time they were bringing us back down out of the sky safely into the boat, I was literally singing, I believe I can fly. I like, because it was soothing and it was an amazing experience and I would do it again. But if I felt prey to myself 10 years ago, I would have never done that because I had the label of, I don't like this and I don't like this. Right? You can do anything you want. That's the point of my story. No, I love that. I mean, I think that's great. <laughs> and I love that you're singing and everything, which I appreciate because I've been known to just like pop out and song in one of my in any okay. kind of podcast. Okay. No, that's great. And you are a musician. So you and you did you said you were in a cover band, right? I was. I was the lead singer. Lead singer. Trixie and the Nortons. Yeah. Oh, check that out. So guys, if you're listening, go look up. Trixie in the Nortons and see if you can find <laughs> anything on YouTube or anything else. And I if you want to, be, but you can try. Yeah. And if you can find anything, Instagram it to me or email me because I want to see what you find. That'll be cool. Um, so Tracy, yes. uh, what are three things that you're optimistic about over the next 12 months, personal or professional? Oh, wow. Um, I'm optimistic about the consciousness of humanity. Okay. I'm optimistic about the amount of incredible humans that the lit factor is going to be able to serve, inspire, and help. And I'm optimistic. Oh, this is so good. I'm optimistic about, I'm optimistic about my, my, my kids and my husband and my family and uh, how beautiful our life is continuously being. So I have a lot of optimism about that. Very well put and wonderful. I love it. So what do you, um, if you were to say to people, what is the, just the, I mean, I know you have your website, the litfactor.com. You have your LinkedIn profile, Facebook profile. You have Instagram. Like, where do you really want people to like come and just engage you? If they want to connect, I mean, obviously see you, but if they want to really talk to you, how do you want them to do that? If you want to really talk to me and you want to, like, you're ready to talk one-on-one -on -one and let's get on the phone, email me directly at Tracy, just T-R-A-C-Y at the lit factor with two T's.com. You want to hang out, come to Facebook and come to Instagram, especially Facebook. Go, with it. Go now because like, you got to check out all the Friday stuff. Um, Shake Your Ass Friday happens every week and I'm live in there all the time. Um, if you are a woman, I want you to join the Worthy Woman Revolution, which is a private inner circle free Facebook group just for the ladies. Um, so yeah, I want you to just come find me on Facebook and Instagram. Those are probably the two, uh, two most frequent places that I am. And this book, when's it going to come out? It will be out. I'm going to say Q1 of next year. Um, I'm one chapter away from being done with the writing. And then we go through editing manuscript and the publishing process. So going to be amazing. Name of the book is Worthy Human. Oh boy. And you're yes, going to send which, me, which you will send yes. me a copy of. 
Oh my goodness. So we can do our round two, right? We got to do our round two. Yes. I would love it. I would love it. I would love it. And just while we're on that topic, if you go to worthyhuman.com, um, there's a whole bunch of really amazing merchandise in there that will inspire your world. And you're you're so fun. This has been great. <laughs> I've had a great time. I am, with we're you. having a blast. I want to come back again and again. No, well, yeah, well, we'll have to do that. We got to find ways to keep working. I'm all about continuing to work with people, figuring out ways how to, you know, just. I, I just want to bring change to the world, and but I want people to be that change, not to be trendy, but I want them to be it. Live it themselves. Be one person, not multiple personalities. One person, show up in everything that you do. You're not, you know, I'm not Tim the husband, Tim the father, Tim the friend, Tim the neighbor, Tim the business guy. No, I'm Tim. I'm one guy, and I bring him into everything that I do. I just change hats. That's all I do. <laughs> um, amen, and I will say that two incredible things that go on when you do you, right? And you are that one person unapologetically, lovingly, wonderfully, you give silent permission for everybody else to start doing the same thing. Wow. Right? I love so that. If we, right? That's what happens. Someone goes, oh my God, look, they're doing that. Oh, I could do that. Oh my God, she said no to that. Oh, I'm going to say no to that. And you start to do things that feel good to you because you get permission. And... You start to share relational energy because the better and happier you feel and the more conscious you are, it rubs off without even speaking on the people around you. So you're not only helping yourself, you are helping to change the world by stepping into who you really are. Well, that's a great way for us to wrap that up. Silent permission, folks, when you're one person and you actually share this energy. You're giving this energy and you're sharing it. This is great. So this has been another episode of Uphill Conversations. Always remember you can be more, do more, and have more. Your reasons for being, doing, and having are for you to figure out and no one else. Remember that your current condition does not match your emerging future, and it never will. Always remember everything worth having is uphill, but you cannot go uphill with a downhill habit. But most importantly, guess what? You will see Tracy and me on the hill. You've been listening to Uphill Conversations. If you'd like to hear more, subscribe to the show at uphillconversations.co. See you on the hill.